Good morning. It's great to be together this morning, isn't it? And uh, what a great service we've had so far. Thank you, worship team, for leading us with Jesus at the center of our uh, song worship this morning. So we are into week five of our partnership series that we're calling All In. And this week, our topic is we are servants. But let's just remind ourselves of that overarching biblical uh, verse that is over the whole of this series. It will come up on screen. It's Philippians chapter one. Verses three to five, it says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. One of the dangers of a series like this is that we all go away from this thinking I've got to do more, I've got to give more, I've got to attend more, I've got to be more. Whereas actually what Paul is reminding us in this Philippians passage is it's not about what we're doing, but it's about who we are. It's about this understanding that we are the body of Christ. And when we partner together in the gospel, there is something unique to that that happens and takes place in all of us. So our partnership begins with our heart and our head attitude to who we are, the body of Christ. We can either come to church and do church, or we can understand most fully and more completely that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We are a temple. We are an army. We are the living stones. We are a family. We are a body. When we have that understanding and our eyes are opened to that greater picture of who we are, then we begin to get a revelation. And then our hearts begin to respond to that and they respond with devotion. We become a devoted people, first and foremost devoted to Christ. That's why we've sung about Jesus mostly this morning. We're devoted to him, we're devoted to him, but we're also devoted to the cause of Christ. And a lot of the outworking of the cause of Christ is through the body of Christ. We become devoted to us, the church, God's plan A here on earth. And over the last few weeks, we've done lots of thoughts and topics, and today we are centering ourselves onto we are servants, looking to live our lives as Jesus has modeled. You know, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. He came really, as Graham Kendrick summarized it in that song a number of years ago, he really did come as the servant king. And today we're going to be in the uh, Gospel of John, which is the Gospel written by the disciple who calls himself the disciple who Jesus loved, a very close personal friend of Jesus. If you want to know what Jesus is like, John is a pretty good starting place because he walks so closely with him. And we're going to go to John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17, and our topic today is we our servants. If you've got your Bibles and notebooks in front of you, we're going to spend a bit of time today looking at five truths from this passage or five things for us to ponder on and to think on throughout the week. But I'd love you to turn to John chapter 13 and we're going to read chapter, uh, verses 1 to 17. We're going to summarize this so we'll take a, a few verses out in order that we can center ourselves on the act of Jesus serving his disciples. Let's read this together. It'll be up on screen. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God 
and was returning to God. Verses four to five. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I'm going to just go on now to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no, greater, uh, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So the background to this story, this uh, moment of time takes place in all of the Gospels, and we would understand it if you understand anything of the Bible, calling it the Last Supper. So this time um, in Jesus' life is the night before he goes to the cross. It is the Passover meal, and he is with his disciples, and they are spending the last moments together. They don't fully yet realize that, but of course Jesus knows the time and the hour that he's at. John is the only gospel that begins to outwork this wonderful, intimate moment of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Just remember that John was written a number of years after the other gospel writers had written their gospels, and also, he is a very close, intimate friend of Jesus. So he's writing about a very close, intimate act. He's writing from that perspective. So as you read this, remember the perspective that John is writing from. Today, we're going to focus mostly on the outer layer of this story. The outer layer is what Jesus is doing in that moment of time. He is washing his disciples' feet. And we're going to learn from that. And we're going to apply it to our own lives. But I want you to understand that what's taking place in this moment of time is an enacted parable. So Jesus talked out loads of parables. He spoke in stories. He spoke stories into people's lives that they had to peel back the layers, a little bit like an onion. They had to go beyond the outer surface and they had to dig in a bit deeper to fully understand what was going on in the story. He spoke loads of those. But in this moment of time, he actually lives out a parable. Now, the disciples at this moment of time aren't fully grasping it. They're not fully understanding all the layers that he's revealing in this. But for you and I, we have the hindsight of we know the whole story. So we get the benefit of going back and we've got hundreds of years of scholars who've looked at it and help us understand the layers. So we're going to do a couple of moments during the day where we're going to peel back the layers and actually work out what is happening in this story above and beyond just the surface level. Then we're going to return to the surface level because there's so many things that you and I could apply. So Jesus got up from the meal and he removed his outer layers and he wrapped around his waist a cloth or in my description an apron. <laughs> he wrapped around him a towel and what was taking place in this moment of time when we start to peel back the layers on this is that Jesus He's taking off his garments, but he's revealing to his disciples that he is going to lay down his life. So the layer underneath the taking off of his garments is a word that John uses in other parts of the gospel to talk about Jesus laying down his life. It's like his authority is taken off. And then he places round his waist a towel. 
He submits himself to humility. He takes away his authority and he humbles himself. It reminds me of the passage in Philippians 2 verse 7 that said this. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And then this wonderful act takes place. So he gets down with his disciples and he pours water into a basin. And then for every one of his disciples, he begins to wash their feet, drying their feet on the towel that he had wrapped around his waist. The very act of washing his disciples' feet, when you peel back the layer on that, it is very much that you and I are washed in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. The layer as you read this passage is not solely about a saviour or a master washing his servant's feet or his disciples' feet in any way. But it's very much at the next layer about you and I being washed. Then there's this incredible exchange, we've not read it today, that takes place between Peter and Jesus, where Peter goes, you know, don't just do my feet then, do my hands, do my whole body. And Jesus says, you don't need your whole body washed if you've been washed once, but actually daily you need to come back and return to this because every single one of us has dirt on our feet. I want you to understand that in this moment of time, there's some really peculiar things taking place in this moment. So generally in Palestine, in this moment of time, anyone arriving in a house would wash their feet. They'd often do it themselves. You know, I want you to understand that the road that they were walking on isn't like our tarmac roads. It was a dirty, um, yeah, it was dirty. Um, A lot of dirt, uh, put it that way, on those roads. So as you're walking, you'd have started the day with a bath, but then as you're walking through that, your feet would have been clogged up with the dirt of the day. So whenever you walked into someone's house, you would wash your feet. If you were of a certain social standing, you may have a Gentile servant who would do that washing for you, but it would never be the host of the meal. It would never be the master of the house that would do the serving. It would never be the one who was inviting guests round for a meal. But also, the washing would have always taken place before the meal. So I want you to understand that it's odd that in the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up and starts doing this for his disciples. We get a bit of a clue as to why when you reread Luke chapter 22. In Luke 22, as they're walking towards this um, meal, the disciples start having this really petty argument about who's the greatest. It's one of those arguments that feels a little bit like my dad is greater than your dad. You know, that kind of argument. Where disciples are getting distracted. Remember the time frame, literally 12 or so hours before Jesus is facing the crucifixion. Of course, they don't know that, but it's in that heated moment of time. And they're having this debate about who is the greatest. So they walk into a meal and that's probably still going on. They're at loggerheads with each other. They're having this argument. They sit down for a meal. And in the midst of that meal, Jesus centers them back. And this incredible moment takes place where the obvious master in the room then humbles himself, takes on the very form of a servant and begins to wash his disciples' feet. So there's multiple layers in this story. We'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. But today we're going to go to the outer layer of the story. We're going to go to the outer layer of the onion. We're going to look at what Jesus models to us in the very serving of people and how you and I, if we pick up some of those traits become more and more like Jesus. Today is all about our serving one another. Well, I want to start today by saying a huge thank you. As I look out today, I can see countless of you who serve the life of this church or serve this city in incredible ways. You give countless hours across the course of the year to serving one another. I want to say on behalf of all of us here, 
a huge thank you. Thank you for the hours that you give. Yeah, come on. Let's applaud one another. Let's thank God for each other. Let's thank God for the way that we've understood what service looks like. And today, for some of us, there's going to be a, um, a call to us to say, come and join us on that journey. For many of us, we've understood what it is to serve one another. But perhaps for some of us, we've not yet caught that or understood that. Later on in our message today, we're going to have an opportunity to respond to that if God is speaking to you. There'll be another response at the, at the end today as well about our heart attitude. Because service isn't about activity. It's not about what we do for one another. But it's about our heart attitude revealing our love for one another to each other as we serve one another. So today we're going to look at five things. I'd love you just to write these five things down. You'll look at them in connect groups as well later this week. But we're going to look at five things and a couple of my friends are going to come and help me illustrate some of these five things as we go through it. So our introduction to serving today. How does serving his disciples reveal Jesus' deep love of his disciples? The first point is this. Serving is costly. Serving is costly. When Jesus humbled himself and took on the very nature of a servant, it cost him so much. He was full of humility. As serving one another starts from a humble heart. It starts from a place of humility. It starts from putting a towel around our waist and becoming people who pick up a mantle of humility to begin to serve one another. It actively involves serving other people. It actively involves getting our hands in a bowl and washing, figuratively, people's feet. It involves self-sacrifice. It involves you and I taking off our authority or what makes us who we are in natural and picking up our authority in Christ and self-sacrificing. Becoming not egocentric people anymore but becoming other people-centric where we have the needs of others at the very core of who we are. And sometimes it involves us serving and loving those we may struggle to love. There's an incredible moment in this passage in John where John articulates that Jesus had to do this for Judas. Judas is mentioned in this so that you and I can understand serving isn't just about coming alongside your mates and having a great time doing something, but it's actually about coming alongside those who perhaps you wouldn't normally call friends or those who may betray you or those who may let you down at some point and giving your life still to them. So it's going to cost something. It's going to cost time. Maybe it's going to cost our talents, our finances. Maybe it's going to cost our treasure, all that we sow into people. It's going to cost a sacrifice of something. Maybe it's going to ask you to sacrifice something that is very dear and precious to you. But serving is costly. Secondly, serving is caring. Love this. Through this passage, Jesus looks at the human or the humanity needs of his disciples and he cares for them. It says this in John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. You want to understand the father's heart for humanity, you can do, not, do um, really well to look at this passage and understand that actually it looks like serving one another. It looks like a laying aside our agenda and picking up his agenda for one another. It may look like turning up early to set some chairs out for somebody. It may look like um, practicing your musical instruments so that you can serve the church in worship. 
It may look like standing on a connect table at the end of a service, introducing new people to the faith and introducing new people to Christ. It may look like being out in a city school during the week, um, leading self-esteem classes through Energize. It may look like delivering food parcels through Acts. It may look like serving in your workplace when somebody's going through a hard time. It may look like coming alongside your family and choosing to serve them in this season. But it's always from a heart of caring. It's always from a heart of love. And to the end of this message, I'm going to give a, um, a call to all of us, I suppose, who perhaps begun to misunderstand that serving is about our actions. It's about our activity. It's about what we do for one another. Whereas actually serving is about how much I love you and how much I care for you and how much I want to see God's love extended to you. I wonder today whether for you and I, some of us need a little bit of a heart check in it. So serving is caring. This is what God himself is like. Our God is a God who washes feet. Thirdly, serving is commitment. Serving is commitment. Serving like Jesus means we're faithful and committed to people regardless of what they can give us in return. It starts this passage with an incredible statement. Verse 2, it says this, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So Jesus here, uh, or John here talking about Jesus and his relationships to his disciples, he knows the time and the season, he knows the very hour, he knows what's about to happen, and he demonstrates an incredible love to his disciples. He puts his disciples way before his own emotional state, his own thought processes, his own way of dealing with what is about to happen. He loves them to the very end. Jesus' love is always unshakable, consistent. He has a cannot, will not, and does not fail attitude and heart to every single one of us. He is consistent, the foundation on which we can stand. So it, for us, takes a heart of commitment to reflect that to our society. I don't know about you, but society is often so flaky. It's one of a society where I'll commit to do something unless it doesn't meet my needs. Whereas actually the Bible steers us towards a commitment to something that goes above and beyond my own needs or my own rights in the midst of that serving. The Bible points us towards something that looks like ongoing, consistent commitment to one another. When the going is tough and when the going is easy. As part of our message today, I'm going to invite a couple of friends up who are going to help us illustrate a couple of these points. I'd love you to give a great welcome this morning as we unpack uh, serving his commitment to Chris. Let's welcome Chris. <laughs> Wonderful. Chris, welcome. And Chris, we're going to ask you a couple of questions about your commitment in serving. You've served in a number of areas, mostly in our 6.30 service now, but also in our host team. So you're serving on the visuals desk in 6.30, and you're serving in our host team, 11.30 and other services as well, aren't you, Chris? And it's so good to see you. So Chris, serving often asks us to go beyond our comfort zones and to work with and alongside those who we may not interact with in any other setting. What inspires you to make a commitment to people who perhaps you wouldn't otherwise call your friends? I think it's because um, Jesus called us to love one another. And that's everyone. Whether we know them, don't know them, whether we're always doing the same job, he just called us to reach out and to love everyone. And in return, he blesses the people like me that work 
for him in the church over an abundance to what we give out. Wow, amazing. So Chris, you've, um, you've served now for a number of months in the life of the church. What keeps you going? Um, I think it's just that same calling. It's that heartfelt calling to serve. And I can only really say that you'll know when he's calling you to do that. And it is the fire in the heart of, of God is renewed every time you start. And I'm not going to say that every time I get the job right, but it's still renewed and he still blesses you and the fire that's there is, is constant and amazing. it just drives you on. Wow, amazing. So how have you grown from this ongoing commitment to serving God and serving us, the body of Christ? Um, well, to be honest, the fact that I'm standing here in front of you is actually an outpouring of that growth because I would never be here in a setting other than him. Incredible. To be able to do that. So good, so good. So final question, I'm going to ask everybody the same question this morning. What encouragement would you give to others, perhaps who are considering serving the church today? Um, I would just say go for it. If he's given you a heart to do something, whatever it is, even if you don't know what it is and you just want to serve, go up and ask what needs there are, pray about it, and then go for it. Amazing, amazing. Chris, I've got a little gift for you um, to say thank you for today. You're going to be able to carry that. Chris, as just a little thank you to you. There's something in there to remind you of your service to the church. I hope it's a blessing to you. There's also a box of heroes because you really are a hero. Bless you, Chris. You. Bless you, mate. Amazing. So serving is costly. It's going to cost us something. It's a laying down of ourselves and picking up a mantle for others. Serving is caring. It stems from a heart of deep love for one another. Serving is commitment. We want people, we want to be people who are committed to each other. But the great thing about the passage that we see in John, uh, John 13 is that it's not done in our own strength because serving is Christ empowered. Serving is Christ empowered. It's so important for you and I to understand that we don't do this in our own strength, but we do this in the strength of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of you. Verse 14 to 15 says this, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. One of the misconceptions perhaps we have when we read this passage is that you and I should all be walking around washing each other's feet. It doesn't really work contextually for us, does it? We have socks and shoes, that's a blessing. Uh, so therefore we don't need to walk around in our society. Everyone who comes around to your house doesn't need to take their socks and shoes off and have their feet washed at your front door. But it does here remind us that we are to do as Jesus has done for us. Jesus isn't saying, do the same thing I have done. He's saying, behave in the same manner as I behave. Jesus' humility here is the real lesson for you and I to learn. And we serve one another from the power of the Holy Spirit living and breathing within us. If we stumble into trying to do it in our own strength, we become resentful. We become um, daunted by the rotor. We become uh, resentful of a leader who's asking us to do a little bit more. But when we start to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is breathing in me and I'm living out my life of Christ in serving one another, then I do that with joy at the very center of my being. I'd love you to welcome, as we unpack this point a little bit further, Neil and Alison Russell as they come and help us understand this point. Let's welcome Neil and Alison. 
great. Neil, Alison, you serve in a whole number of ways. You serve in terms of freedom in Christ across the life of the church, yes. coaching and leading some of our freedom in Christ leaders. You also serve here on the Connect area, leading that team. And Neil, you also lead the duty managers team. Fantastic. Yes, Neil's please. also worked a night shift tonight. So um, if we get anything lucid out of Neil, we'll be doing well. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for being here. So we're looking at this, serving is Christ empowered. How does Jesus help you in your attitude towards others and uh, your attitude towards serving? So um, we haven't always got this right, is what I'll say to begin with. So we've learned some, in some ways the hard way. But um, when we think about life as a, individually as a couple and as a family, uh, rather than see it as lots of individual splodges, if there's a team that we could serve on in church, there's family life, there's couple time, there's work and there's this, we have chosen to say that God's at the center of the wheel and everything else radiates out from that. So as we've journeyed as, as a married couple uh, without children to having young children to having now teenagers and an adult as a child, <laughs> um, we have journeyed through different seasons. So our serving then as part of our Jesus being at the center has been guided by him so that actually some of our serving has been about our family so when our girls both went through GCSEs actually we hunkered down and we served them and that meant our time was connect was directed towards them and now as our season changes and we have more freedom as they're <laughs> older this is fab um, <laughs> actually we're able to get stuck in and do the things that you've listed amazing. today so actually it's Jesus that guides us through the different seasons of life amazing so Neil how does the Holy Spirit help you in your serving for me it's mindset so if I'm getting up early and I'm the first in with the keys and it's like why am I up so early the Holy Spirit reminds me there's work to be done there's family to serve and if you're last to leave and it's, you're waiting for lunch quite late in the afternoon that's why you're looking after people and it's part of doing the role as well I expect wisdom now I've learned in the role to expect those promptings from the nice. Holy Spirit it's not just using gifts and skills that we have actually the Holy Spirit adds effectiveness to that Wow. Then we get words of wisdom, we get insight, we get wisdom to be able to do the job so much better. Incredible, fantastic. So how have the two of you grown in serving Jesus in this way? Um, I, I love the bit in Corinthians where it describes the body. We're both, I used to be a nurse, Neil still is. Um, so we like the human body. And um, you get that picture of there are lots of different parts, but it all has to work together. And I think for me, when you see that actually, gosh, scripture's right. <laughs> Odd, that isn't it? You see it worked out. You see that actually, yeah, if every little bit and every little person plays their part, the body gets to work so much better. And it's really Thank encouraging you. to see that. Incredible. Yeah. Fantastic. So again, the same question we asked earlier, what encouragement would you give to perhaps others who are considering serving the church today? You know it's the right thing. <laughs> Go for it. Get involved. It's a wonderful thing to serve and be served. Yeah. I serve in a few ways, but I am served in far more other ways than yeah. what goes on. It's the bigger picture. It's family. You will be blessed when you put God first. He will lead you into what to do. Yeah. Ask him. He knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you can do. Ask him and he will show you where you can add to what goes on. And if you're an introvert, 
If you're an introvert like me, it gives you a job to do that helps you to connect with people rather than just be yourself and think, blimey, I've got to start a conversation with somebody I don't know. Actually, it's really helped me connect the following weeks because on my connections desk, I'm there. I can connect with different people in my job at church and then I get to see those people and have follow-up conversations. So as an introvert, it's a really great way of making those connections in church life. Amazing. Neil and Alison, bless you. Thank you so much. And again, we love you. You really are heroes. Bless you. Thank you. Amazing. Come on, let's thank Neil and Alison. So good. So as we've discovered, we don't do this in our own strength, but serving is Christ-empowered. And our final point today, serving is communicating. Alison's basically summed that point up for me. Serving is communicating. A little bit further in our passage, uh, beyond where we've read today, John 13, verse 35 says this. By this... All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I want you to understand that love isn't just our words that we speak, but our love is demonstrated in the way that we serve one another. Um, Joy's wonderful prayer this morning of humility, praying for our nation. One of the answers for our nation is in a body of Christ arising that loves one another. It gives Christ demonstrated to the world. It shows this nation at this moment of time that the church isn't a body that only speaks wisdom, but it's actually showing a way to live in a way that is a new way for the world to see. We get an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity in the body of Christ to practice and hone our serving in order that when we are placed into the fullness of humanity, we've done the, um, <laughs> we've done the training ground. We're in this place, we're quick to forgive here. We're quick to allow people to make mistakes and then pick up the mantle and go again. The world isn't often as quick around those sort of things. But you and I get by serving the body of Christ here, we get an incredible opportunity to practice our communicating to one another. Serving like Jesus points people to Jesus. When we begin to serve the world like Jesus, we begin to point them to Jesus. And serving in the church trains us for our serving in the world. Use every opportunity you can in this environment to be grown and strengthened, to be empowered, to understand what the Bible says about serving one another. Grow in your leadership gifts. Grow in your serving gifts. Grow in ways that are helpful to your job. Grow in ways that actually can propel you forward. That's what serving in the body one component part does. It allows us to grow in those areas. So if you've never yet uh, ventured into this whole area of serving the body. I mean, you've heard it brilliantly from our guests this morning, but I will implore you this morning, consider it, think about it. Because today, as we work out our partnership together, as we look at what that means to be all in, we can understand that we are servants together. So today, how do we apply this? Well, I think there's two ways today that we can apply it. The first is I want to go back to that enact, enacted parable, this sense of what's underneath the layers. So at the end of our service, at the end of our reading today in John 13, verses 12 to 15 says this, when Jesus has finished washing the disciples' feet, he gets up and he takes off the towel and he puts on his clothes again. And he retakes his place around the table. And the word that John is using here is exactly the same word when he puts back his clothes. Is exactly the same word that he talks about when he picks up his life again, the resurrection. 
What is being modelled in this story is not solely about washing his disciples' feet. It's about modelling, actually, how he served through the greatest act that he ever did in the cross, everything that he did to serve the whole of humanity. His greatest act of service gets outworked in the next few hours after this service, where he takes the cross, and in this um, demonstration, there in front of his disciples, he takes upon the cross... And then he defeats the power of death by rising again three days later. And then the taking his place back in the table is really about the ascension. It's about him taking his rightful place sat at the right-hand side of the Father, knowing that he now is the one who is exalted, the one who is sat, seated with his footstool as the earth, sovereign over all. There are so many things taking place in this story that as you read it and you're being discipled by the reading of of scripture, it will allow you to see Jesus in a whole new light. And today as one way for us to respond to this scripture, I'd love us to pray a prayer. It's going to be a prayer that we pray here at Alive every single Sunday. And it's a prayer to respond to that other layer in this story. We're not asking anyone at the moment to respond to the outer layer. We're asking people to go a little bit deeper and respond to the layer that responds to Jesus's greatest act of serving the earth which was Jesus laying down his life for you so that you didn't have to take the punishment so that you didn't have to take the punishment for your sins Jesus did that he models in this wonderful parable how he's doing that for each and every one of us The great thing for you and I is when we say this prayer for the very first time, it allows a door to open in our hearts to allow Jesus in. For some of us in this place this morning, we've never done it. For many of us, we've said this prayer over countless years. We've said it it once at the beginning and perhaps weekly now we say it. But today we want to give an opportunity for one or two or maybe more of you to say this prayer for the very first time. We're going to put the prayer up on the screen. As we say it, I want every one of us to say it together. And then at the end of our prayer, I'm going to ask the whole church just to bow their heads. If you've said this prayer for the first time today and you want to respond to Jesus today by saying, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life. I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. But I want to start a journey with you. I'd love you to raise at the end of this prayer your hand boldly in this place. Because we want to bring you a book and one or two of my friends just want to talk with you about how you can become a follower of Jesus. So let's church, let's read this prayer together. Let's say it in this place. Thank you God for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, I'd love us to bow our heads. Is there anyone here today who for the very first time has said that prayer and wants to indicate to me and to one or two of my friends that you're serious about making a decision to follow Jesus, allow him into your heart? Would you raise your hand for me? We want to bring a book to you this morning. We want to allow you to start that journey really well. Just looking in the balcony first. Is there anyone this morning who wants to make that decision to follow Jesus? Now downstairs. Wonderful. Wonderful. So we've peeled back the layers of this story, but let's go back to the outer layer. And there's a response for each of us this morning. And that response 
really is about understanding the promise of blessing. Our final verse that we read today is this. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. If you're like me, you want to live a blessed life. Jesus here is unlocking a little key for us. If we begin to understand these things and begin to do them, we will begin to um, experience part of his blessing. It's not the fullness. There are many, many ways to receive the blessing of God in our lives, but this is one of the keys. If we can serve one another, we will be blessed. We'll be blessed through some of the ways Neil and Alison said, through interaction with other people. It's a blessing to us. When we serve one another, we begin to realize that actually it's not solely about me anymore. That's a blessing to me that I realize it's actually about all of us together. The gospel really is a life to be lived. And there's a couple of practical ways we're going to do this today. Now, I'll first and foremost want to celebrate every single one of us who serves the body of Christ today. But I do want to give an opportunity for some of us to go a little bit further. Perhaps you today can say, actually, in response to what Jesus is saying, I can serve a bit more. Or I could start my journey of serving. On your chair today, you've got a little card. It's an A6 card, a postcard size card. And on the back of that card, just very easily it indicates I've got some time during the week where I could serve. You might be able to say every Monday evening I could give a few hours to serving the church. Or Sundays, I can give some time to serving the church. And then there's a couple of spaces, one to fill your name, one to fill your email, and one to fill a phone number in, and then the data protection box to make sure um, that we are allowed to keep your data. And by filling in some of this card, you are just saying to us, We'd, I'd love somebody to contact me about serving opportunities in the life of the church. There's one of the really good box on that card, and that is areas you're interested in. Are there any skills or things that you bring to the life of the body of Christ that actually you would say, if I could serve in that way, that would be amazing. You know, are you a musician? Are you brilliant with people? Are you good at admin? Are you good at um, finance? There's loads of ways that in the life of the church you can serve. Fill the card in for me this morning. Or for us, not for me, don't do it for me, but for us, do it for the body of Christ. Have an opportunity this morning to fill that in. And in a few minutes' time, we're going to take up a second offering today. We're actually going to place these cards into the offering basket as a sign of, I'm willing to give a bit of time to serve the life of the church. And if one or two of you today get a card filled in and put that in there, we will call you back. If 600 of you over across the course of the day, it might take us a bit longer to call you back, but we will do that over the next week or so. We'll call every single person or email you and ask you to consider where you'd like to serve in the life of the church, where you'd like to serve perhaps a bit more, or where you'd like to serve for the very first time. If you've got no idea about where you'd like to serve in the church, we've got two evenings coming up in the life of the church over the next couple of months that will allow you to discover who God has said that you are and then outwork that through ways that you can serve. These are called um, welcome nights and they're an opportunity for you to discover your purpose in Christ. On those days, we've got one on the October the 23rd and one on November the 27th. We'd love for you to be invited to those. You'll have more information on screen over the next few weeks to come along and discover in Christ who Christ has made you to be and then how can you outwork that in the life of serving the body of Christ. We also today, if you're a bit 
unsure as what opportunities there are in the life of the church, we've got a book at the Connect area at the back. You can go and have a, site, a look through that and you can look at all the areas in the life of the church that you could serve. And one of those, I'm sure, will leap off the page as an opportunity for you to say, yeah, I'd love to serve. I'd love to join that team. I'd love to be a part of the life of the church here. And the final thing today is we have a great body of our team leaders who are going to be at the back of the downstairs, the back of the auditorium at the end of this service. If you want to come and talk to any of our team leaders about joining a team today, they are going to be there. They're going to be there to help you um, get involved in that team, understand what it is to be involved in that team. So in a, in a minute, we're going to have a second offering. But in the offering basket today is, um, that's my time done. In the offering basket today are pieces of material. Now, in the bag that we've just celebrated with our people who came and helped us on the platform is a linen towel. It's a reminder to them of the linen towel that Jesus placed around his waist. It's a reminder to them that in those moments when activity clouds us and crowds our life, to return to the one who humbled himself, took on the very nature of a servant, and remind ourselves that actually... It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I couldn't afford to buy a linen towel for everybody, I'm afraid, but I have got a small um, square of material that will remind you of the same thing. If you're a leader and a team member in the life of the church and you're serving, I'd love you to take one of those as the offering baskets come round. Take one of those, put it in your wallet, put it in your purse, put it in your Bible, put it in your musician's case, put it um, you know, in your kids' prep stuff if you're prepping for kids. Put it somewhere, if you're a connect group leader, you know, get a magnet, stick it to your fridge. Put it somewhere that will remind you of this passage. Remind you that you're not doing this in your own strength. You're not doing this because Paul and Joy have asked you to do it. You're doing this because you're empowered by the Spirit of God that lives in you to put daily the towel around you, to humble yourself and to say, actually, I'm going to serve humanity. I'm going to serve the world. I'm going to serve the church and to celebrate the servant that Christ is making you to be. So maybe Dave, you could just come and um, that Let It Be Jesus would be an incredible song uh, just to cover over this moment of time as we take up and receive this second offering. So today there's going to be a beautiful exchange. If you've got one of those cards, put a card in the basket. If you um, are already serving, take a piece of material. If you put a card in the basket, take a piece of material as well. If you just want to take a piece of material and you're not serving, go for it. There's plenty. And um, let's just for a moment, let's have this exchange of these cards coming in. We'll receive those but you receive a reminder of the passage today as we go from this place. So let's um, receive this second offering, host team, that'll be amazing. Dave will lead us as we sing as well, uh, Let It Be Jesus, to finish our time together. And then Paul and Joy will close our service. Church, it's been an incredible honour to speak with you this morning. As you read John chapter 13, go from this place, understanding that Christ modelled to us the heart of a servant. And we, as we develop as disciples of Christ, get the wonderful joy of becoming servants, modeling to the earth, to the world, our great love for one another. God bless you, church. <laughs>